to the Gosnells Live at Five podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm the founder here at Gosnells. I'm Will, I'm the head brewer here at Gosnells. I'm James, and I make the mead. This is our informal podcast, which we're spinning out from our Instagram live sessions. We do these every Friday live at five, and we'll be talking about honey, fermentation, and of course what we're here for, the mead. We'll also be joined from time to time by some very special guests to talk about booze more generally. If you haven't already, guys, hit that subscribe button to our podcast, whatever medium you're on. Uh, leave us a review. Follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Gosnells Mead. Perfect. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi, guys. How's it all going? It's uh, Friday, so welcome to another Live at Five. Just joined with me today, so you've got the pleasure of my company for about half an hour, 45 minutes, depending on how long I can talk for. The rest of the team are out and about. A couple of them are away and on holiday. Um, and we've been canning today. So we are um, batching up. A, we've got about 50,000 cans being canned today. So a couple of them are just having a look at that. I think they're on their way back now. So hi, guys, if you're listening. Um, if, as always, if you've got any questions, then pop them in the comments box below and we will endeavour to answer them. I say we, obviously just me this week. Um, but yeah, always good to have a bit of back and forth, especially as I'm on my own. Um, it's been a busy week here at Gosnells, as always. Sorry, I'm just tidying up my workstation. There you go. Looks a bit, looks a bit tidier. Been a bit of a frantic one this week. I feel like it always gets to Friday at five. And we always say the same thing, but it's, a, it's been a, a long week. Um, but it's just the way of the world at the moment. We've been doing all kinds of things. Guess we're really trying to get ready for Christmas at the moment. So we've been doing lots of work on the website and also playing around with what kind of new products we're going to put together for Christmas. So we've got loads of exciting things coming up. We've kind of taken some of the work we've been doing over the year, particularly around our limited edition 75 CL bottles. Um, so the ones that are made with really special types of honey, we are batching those up together as little tasting kits for Christmas so that you can buy a selection of our bottles and we'll talk you through the range at home, which is really exciting. We're also, we've been working on this really high strength mead, sort of 20%, which we want to turn into a vermouth eventually, which will be made with uh, obviously a honey base. And so we're going to be turning that into a little make your own vermouth kit at home. So you'll get some of our base spirit and then some herbs and spices that you can put together and create your own really amazing vermouth at home. There are lots of exciting things coming on the website. Hopefully we'll get all that up next week and out. In the meantime, you can still buy our cans online. They're ever popular. Um, so we've got doing the four packs, 12 packs and 24s, which is really exciting. Um, yeah, it's just loads, loads of stuff going on. What else have we been working on this week? Lots of stuff towards the end of the year, just kind of getting, getting plans in place for next year. We've got lots of exciting things coming. Um, I'm starting off this evening with a, as always with a beer, but like a, a non-out Rattler from, uh, called Culture Shop, which is by Rock Leopard and Good Karma Bruco. And that's delicious. So if you don't know, a Rattler is a uh, gem style, essentially a shandy. This is a non-out version. It's, it's really, it's perfect on a Friday. It's especially hot in the brewery today, as we've been pasteurizing, or I've been pasteurizing today. It's really hot in here. But good to slake your thirst with a nice non-out beer. Just really does the job. Um, later on, we're going to be tasting through thought I would dig into the archives of some of our meads from around the world and taste through some of those and sort of talk to you a bit about what's going on in the mead world more generally. Um, 
But in the meantime, if you've got any questions as we go through, do pop them in the comments below. Uh, love a bit of interaction on Friday night. Highlight of my week, obviously. Um, speaking to all you guys. So, what, 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 we normally start off, me and Will and I, talking about what I've been cooking this week. What have I been cooking this week? Well, I mean, we just signed up to a veg box, very excitingly. Uh, so that's, we've been using up lots of veg. Did some celeriac steaks last night, which is actually surprisingly good. Salt baked celeriac, and then fried off in the pan after that. Absolutely delicious. Um, and what, we, what have we been making this week? Oh, that's what we've been doing. We've got our new can, a little can steamer for our small batch program. So thanks a lot to you guys. Sorry, I've just seen a comment, which is, what have you been cooking? From Will. Thanks, Will. Just covered that. Um, so we have been setting up our new can steamer so we can do some small batch cans. So that's really exciting. Thanks to all of you, again, who supported us on the crowdfunder. So uh, we should have those been coming out at the end of the week. End of the week, end of the month, sorry. Someone's going to kill me. It's not the end of the week. End of the month. Uh, and the first meat we're putting into can is our bragger. So this is made with a sorghum base uh, and then some Nottingham yeast, so a traditional ale yeast, and then some hops, some New World hops. I'm not entirely sure on the hop blend. I'm not sure if we settled the one yet. Uh, but we just like just about to start brewing that on Monday, so we've been getting prepared for that. That's really exciting. And then the second small batch mead we're going to be doing is, which I'm really excited about, because it's going sort of towards Christmas, is a, a slow berry mead, as an SLOE, which is, if you're not familiar with slows, that is tiny little very tart berries that you get in the UK. Traditionally made for, uh, used for making slow gin, um, but we're going to be making slow mead, and that's going to be about 10%. So 10% canned mead, just in time for Christmas, what more could you want? Um, that's really, you know, that, that's what we've been up to. Um, so yeah, hi guys, to those of you who have joined, hi Billy, hi Will, uh, good to hear you. As if you've got any questions, carry on typing them in the comments section below and I will, I will answer them, I promise. So this week, uh, I thought I would delve back into some of the archives and some of the media I've collected whilst I've been around the world. Makes me sound very exotic, but generally just, you know, most of my travel is for work, so I end up at a meadery. Uh, we'll start off with a session mead from Charm City, which is their wildflower draft mead at 6.9%. Move on, so we'll swap the order here. We'll do a liquid alchemy brew, which is also from the US, um, not very far apart actually. This one is Baltimore and this one is Delaware. Uh, move on to a um, Singaporean mead called Rachel the Rabbit. Uh, and finish off with some honey gin, which I picked up this week. So, yeah, let's get into it. Um, I think what I wanted to start with was this Charm City one. So this is a really cool expression of a session mead. Um, this is their wildflower flavour. They do various different flavours as well as this one. Um, but this is, oh, I'm doing a terrible job there. It's Friday, isn't it? I'm pouring that. Um, so this is... Uh, I went to see James and the team down in Baltimore. Um, when was it? Was it last year? Must have been sometime last year. And we um, had a really good time. They were showing around. It was a really nice season. We actually spoke to them on, the pod, on our previous season of the podcast last year, talking all, all things me. Uh, and I picked up some cans. So these are probably not the freshest ones, but yeah, I'm sure they'll still be delicious. So as you can see, uh, this is 6.9%, um, which is a session need in the US. And that is really 
uh, I guess the, the kind of the strongest that most session meetings in CANs go, oh, various, various government rules about how strong you can make stuff. 6.9% is about as strong as you can make it and easily get through a lot of the bureaucratic mess. So most of the session meetings you see coming out of the States are right up at that 6.9% level. Um, so on the nose, you get a little bit of funkiness. And then this kind of honey carrots coming through. Mm. And then this is beautifully light and clean. It's relatively dry um, and really sessionable. So I wouldn't notice that was 6.9%. It's a lot stronger than perhaps what we serve in sort of 4% cans. Perfect on a nice, well, baking hot in the brewery today. Nice, hot, sunny day. Um, so yeah, uh, delicious, delicious way to open up. Really, it's really cool to see some of the stuff coming out of the States that kind of mirrors a little bit of what we're doing in terms of that session lead style. So bringing the AB, ABVs down and making it a lot more, um, I guess, accessible as a category, right? Because some of the other stuff that we'll try uh, is absolutely delicious, but it is a lot stronger. And, you know, it requires a little bit more uh, an occasion to drink, uh, potentially with food, and oh, just can't drink necessarily as much of it. We've got a couple of questions. I'm just going to lean in. What is the best way to type past time whilst you're stuck in a traffic because of an accident? So this is this will be Will, uh, who's coming back from Herefordshire today. Uh, how do I like to pass time in the car? Um, it's got to be an audio book, Will. Or if you've got a, a partner with you in the car, you can always just ask him to tell you a story about his life. Maybe his childhood. I don't know. That's always a good way. Anyway, back to the me. Um, so as I said, Charm City do a, a whole range of beating cans. Um, and then they also do some stronger stuff as well, which is really cool. Um, they've got this amazing place just outside. Well, I've got, I've got the train to Baltimore. It's, it's pretty much city centre Baltimore, Baltimore, from what I can tell. Anyway, and it's got an amazing tap room, really, really sweet. I think it's a wild goose can line. They're, they're pumping out some really cool stuff. And it's cool to see, um, I guess, where we want to take the brand in terms of the scale and uh, where we want to. Yeah, so it's good to have a bit of inspiration. James those do, do some amazing stuff. Uh, they're also featured in Total Wines. They sell a Total Wine in the States, same as us, which is good. So if you're listening from the States, you can pick up all our cans and Charm Cities from Total Wine. So check it out. We always love to sell a few more cans, especially in the US. Um, yeah, this is just it's just going down very easily. Yeah. Um, definitely the second, uh, sorry, second tasting kind of opens up a lot more and um, yeah, just a really good session in. Um, not a huge amount to say about that, it's kind of tart, citrusy, got a nice dry honey finish on it and yeah, I mean I would drink that all day. Good work guys, good work. Um, moving on, the next one I'm going to try is from guys uh, Liquid Alchemy Brewing, who were in Delaware. Uh, I actually visited them on the same trip, and it was really cool. They were, uh, they were very kind to come and pick me up from the station in a snowstorm. Don't really have snowstorms in London, not to the same extent. Uh, and showed me around the facility. It was amazing just to see what they're doing on a, on a smaller scale. And so they've got a whole series of, of needs, which they are bottling. And I think they do some, they definitely do some cider as well. And, and their cider was, was absolutely amazing too. Uh, so highly recommend checking those guys out. But we'll get on to tasting that in just a second. I guess a bit, I mean, I can talk a bit about my how I started Gosnells. And actually, it was inspiration from the US. That was one of the, the places that I 
first visited and first came across Leeds that I really enjoyed. So I was travelling up on the East Coast in Maine and I came, a place, uh, came across this place called Maine Needworks. And it was just an awesome, I mean, looking back on it, it was just the maddest place in terms of how they were doing their fermentation. And, well, mad, but it was really interesting. So again, a nice city centre location. And what they were doing was taking honey from their hives or their partner hives from just outside the city and fermenting it into this um, just delicious alcohol. And for me, that was really inspirational. The idea that you could take amazing honey and turn it into amazing booze obviously makes sense, but at the time, I hadn't really put, put those things together. So that was where the, kind of the, the spark of the idea came from. And that's what we're all about, of course, is taking really good quality honey and making really good quality booze out of it. And yeah, it's just really exciting. Um, so that's main needworks. I mentioned their fermentation process. Their, I hadn't, at the time, I hadn't had much professional fermentation experience. This was, oh God, it must have been about 10 or 12 years ago now. That makes, that's, makes me feel very old. But they're doing this, uh, I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but it's a continuous fermentation process. And basically what they have is this enormous, well, long stainless steel trough uh, with a substrate and some yeast on it. And what they were doing was pumping, or uh, dripping rather, slowly flowing, sticky honey wort through that substrate. And as it passed through the substrate, the yeast was turning the sugar into alcohol. And at the end, it was dropping out as much more concentrated uh, meat. And so it's this continuous fermentation process. And I think they were saying that it takes about 24 to 48 hours for the liquid to pass through the substrate and turn from uh, obviously honey and water to alcohol. That's, re- that's really interesting. So the idea that they run this, they're, you know, they're running this continuous fermentation process. Um, yeah, it, it's just super exciting. Uh, so there's a lot, I think that's one of the things that also drew me to me is that the innovation in the category, because there's not that many established players, there's not that many established styles, there's a license to do things in a completely new and innovative way, which is really exciting. Got a few more guys joining. As always, if you've got any questions, do drop in the comments below. I'll try and speak slowly. I have a habit on a Friday night of gabbling away. So if I'm talking too quickly, do let us know. Hi, Sam. Hi, James. Uh, if you've got any questions, James, obviously, you work here, so try and be kind. Uh, but Sam, if you've got any questions, do drop in the comments below. Uh, so yeah, moving on to the, the second US need, which is uh, this Thai Guru, love a pun. Uh, and it's, so it's made with uh, chili peppers and lime. Uh, and yeah, let's get into it. I'll just, just rinse that out. Yeah, so what we have here, I think this is more like 12%. Uh, what is this? Oh, yeah, 12.5%. Nice half bottle size there. Oh, on the nose, you're getting some of the chili coming. Oh, you're getting the chili flavor coming through. You're getting some of the honey coming through. And it's a lot richer. So obviously this is a lot stronger. I imagine it's going to be a bit sweeter. I can't actually remember exactly. Probably about six months ago that I tasted this. Uh, then the, the previous one, which is a much more lighter, sessionable drink. Uh, this one is a, is a bit more serious, but it, it is on the nose, absolutely delicious. You just get that hint of fruit from the chilies, which is really cool. Mm. So it is sweeter. Oh man, that is cool. That is bloody cool. Oh, and it's just beef. So, sorry. So what I'm tasting is it's the sweet notes coming through. And then at the back, it's just got this gentle chili warming. 
and you get the, they put some uh, lime in there as well so there's a bit of that coming through along with the honey which is a really cool kind of flavor and they all marry together particularly in like on a cold winter's day this is delicious i've had this in the fridge for just a little bit just to bring it down to about 10 12 degrees um but that is really it's really warming and it's really smooth uh it's really kind of yeah, it's complete and it's there's no spiky notes there. It's just a nice, rounded, beautiful flavour. Um, yeah, that's absolutely delicious. And so then I'm going to carry on telling the story about how I came across me because otherwise I'm just going to bang through these drinks. So after I came back from the States, I obviously, uh, as everyone does, starts homebrewing. So I started homebrewing on a really small scale, so sort of five, ten litre batches. Um, and gradually building up until we got to the point in my flat where we were doing more like 100 litre batches. And that's the point which you get, right, we have to actually do this or I'm going to have to stop this. And obviously, I had to, I had to scale it up. So fortunately, I got made redundant for my job. So that's a nice segue into me making professionally. And that was 2013, where I set up the business here in Peckham in London, where we're based today. And originally we were based just around the corner, uh, so just across the road, uh, the industrial estate in a small little room. And so that's where I kind of perfected the first recipe. And the first recipe I made was the 5.5% the London meat, which is what we call it. On the website is our signature meat, uh, now served in a big bottle, 75 cl. At the time we were making it in small beer bottles, so a 33 cl bottle. And that was kind of where I could really cut my teeth. So it was for about a year, 18 months, it was, and it sounds quite lonely. It was just me making and selling the meat. And actually that's where all the idea came from. We kind of, re I realized we were on something when I just couldn't keep up with demand. And that, that's really exciting when you're making something yourself and you're selling it and you're seeing the, the joy you're bringing to people. No, as in like you're, you're taking some, meat was not an established category in the, in the UK back then. Very few people had heard of it. And if they had, it was kind of traditional legacy brands, which were either they had in the back of a cupboard or had been forgotten about. Um, and so it was really cool to bring something delicious to them and, um, yeah, it, it get them excited about, about me. And for me, it's about telling the story of the honey. So the original honey we I kind of settled on was a, an orange blossom honey. And that was mainly because um, it was a really consistent flavour. So it's really kind of well behaved and you can achieve the same um, results in terms of the flavour profile over and over again. So our signature is still made with orange blossom honey today. And all we've done is we've, we've evolved the recipe. So I think it's fair to say that it's gone through some iterations. It's really been worked on, particularly Rob, our previous head brewer, and Will, our current head brewer, really honed that. So I would say that's, that's almost finished, right? It's almost the perfect product. Um, it's five and a half percent. It's nice and crisp. It's refreshing. It does really well in place of, say, champagne as an aperitif, which means that uh, it's only five and a half percent. So if you're serving it at a sexy cocktail party, which everyone's at sexy cocktail parties at the moment, I know, uh, it, it's only five and a half percent. So you can serve a, a decent volume of it without people getting too squiffy about it, which is, uh, which is really good. Uh, I'm just going to have a little bit more of this liquid alcohol brew uh, from Delaware. It's delicious. Um, it's really good. Um, it's been, been in the bottle for probably, well, a little while now, and it's really kind of come together and coalesced into flavour. Um, so, yeah, so that, that, that's the story of how I got into, into me and how, how I got here. 
we set up this brewery space here in about 2015, 2016, and this is where we do all the brewing today. And we're probably getting to the point where we are going to have to look to move, which is exciting again. I think we were looking, to, we were planning on leaving sometime this year, but obviously the best laid plans of mice and men hasn't quite come together. But next year, I think, I think we'll be on the move. Anyway. Mm. That's just absolutely delicious. Along the way, obviously, um, I've been lucky enough to travel around the world. So we, ex we export quite a bit of our meat, uh, particularly to Asia. So we sell quite a lot to Singapore and Hong Kong, and then quite a lot to Korea as well. So this is a bottle of meat that I picked up in Singapore. So I went to see Rachel the Rabbit. Um, again, it probably must have been last year because obviously it's not this year. And um, this was, again, a really cool kind of setup in a... Um, Industrial estate outside of the city. Well, I mean, the whole island's the city, but you know, more in the industrial district. With a, it was an amazing space, very clean, much more like a wine, a small batch winery than maybe a brewery. Um, and they were doing these really cool slow fermentations to get this liquid. Uh, obviously, it's named after his daughter, which is always nice. Um, and this is, it's called the Upper Cup. So it's got lemon, ginger, and honey. So similar, so similar kind of, we've got a winter theme here, a little bit um, warming for winter. So yeah, let's give this one a go. Um, and that's what's really interesting about me, I think is that there's this uh, demand internationally for it. So whilst the UK is still growing in terms of its, it's the market for me, there are lo it's got this universal appeal. So everybody knows about honey. You can tell that honey story around the world, wherever you go. Also, I love export because it gets travel. Everyone loves to go travel. And traveling for work, well, traveling for work when you make booze is always fun. I'm always looked after. And the guys in Singapore always look after me very well. So, Michael, if you're watching, uh, thanks very much for all your help. And, um, oh, the food. If you haven't been to Singapore, I'll tell you what, you could just go there for the food alone. Just the amount of amazing cuisine I've, I've had there. I think it's that because it's such a melting pot between lots of different cultures. Um, Oh, it's, it's just amazing. Always eat very well here in Singapore. Um, especially after. We, it always ends up, I would normally go out there for the Singapore Beer Festival, which means we, end, we finish about two in the morning and then go out for dinner, by which time it's like 10 o'clock London time. I think, you know, I'm always very tired, but they always give me a good feed, which is kind of all I'm into, really. Mm. Oh, so that's interesting. So it's a lot drier than the liquid alchemy. Not that this was particularly, not this was super sweet or anything sweet, but this one is a lot, a lot drier, a lot more complex. It's got this gentle warmth from the ginger. It's not kind of, um, it's not super, I mean, you say honey, lemon, ginger, kind of immediately think quite uh, medicinal flavors. It's not like that at all. It's got this dryness that kind of binds everything together and a nice kind of smooth finish. That again is really cool. Uh, it's interesting to, to remember back as how these have aged. So they've definitely, both of these two in the bottle have definitely come together a lot in flavour. And that's generally my top tip for, for Amazon meat makers out there. Is if you're making something that's not quite, um, not quite come together or has got a few off notes or is a little bit too, um, particularly high alcohols is a problem that we often have to deal with. Leave it to age, and all those flavors will, will kind of marry together and achieve a sense of harmony, which is really cool. Um, yeah. 
Um, so, following up my story, I'll carry on talking about the history of Gosnells, if you like. Um, if you don't like, do mention in the comments. Um, seriously, though, if you've got any questions or if I'm going too quickly, do just shout in the comments. I love to answer a few questions. James, if you've got anything, much appreciated. Um, so, what? Where would we get up to? Oh, so we moved into this brewery here. So, yeah, so we set up the space from scratch. And actually, there are obviously loads of things you do differently in hindsight because it's 2020. But we did a pretty good job. So we first off, we bought those Spiegel fermenters. So these are really Gucci bits of kit from Spiegel behind us, German company. All bells and whistles, which are great. And they, that's what we initially did all of our fermentation in. So we've got two 1,000 litre tanks. And then if I spin you over here, I'm not going to... I can't move the camera, but we've got some old dairy tanks which we use for fermentation today. So we've expanded the fermentation capacity and really kind of honed down our craft. And I guess what's really exciting, I mean, a lot of people come and visit us and are surprised at how small the production facility is. Um, I don't I don't know if they're just being polite, or you know, they are actually genuinely surprised. But I what we we can turn around quite a lot of liquid here because of what we're what we're making is the cans. At 4%. Um, they only take about a week, 10 days to ferment. So actually, we can flip the tanks relatively quickly. Obviously, the stronger things we do, which we do barrel aging in, or if we do the vintage, which is the vintage must be in tank. Uh, I will find some of the vintage. Oh, the vintage is just here. Maybe I'll have a little taste of that in a second. Someone can shout in the comments uh, about, about what that is. But some of our stronger stuff will take longer to ferment. But the main bulk product, so the core range of what we make, actually it's about a week so we can flip each of these tanks once a week and we're going to a really good rhythm here of being able to make about 6,000 litres a week which is really exciting because we obviously are in London property prices are high we can have a really efficient brewing space which is really cool um, and actually there's, there's, there's a lot in common with, with when I went to the guys in Singapore and um, they were also working on quite a tight space because of the cost of the facilities and stuff so um, you can see the same kind of things happening around the world, which is really exciting. So I've got a quick question. Um, Michael here, question on aging your canned meat. Yes, no, why, what to expect? So I think uh, on aging the canned meat, basically what we've done with the can process is we've made the liquid in the tanks behind us, we've then pasteurized it to stop the fermentation. So that means we've heated it up to around 60 degrees, um, 65 degrees, between 60 and 70 degrees, so. And that means that um, it stopped the fermentation. So the, um, the flavours will continue to develop in the can, but it's not going to be as pronounced as some of our bottled products where there, there's more sediment and more yeast in there. So that means that the cans will age uh, and they will develop in flavour and kind of get a bit more harmonious, particularly those things like the sour can will age really well. Um, and we found that over time it's kind of just merge together a bit more rather than the flavors being a bit um, not too so but, but they've, they've really coalesced um, and because they're pasteurized in can they're you know, canning is a really safe way of storing things so it means that you know they're not going to go off so if you're worried about like, the cans going off we put a best before they have two years on that we think they'd probably be good forever to be honest um, there's a little bit of oxygen ingress in through the can but not nowhere near what you get from a bottle, so so yeah, I think they they will continue. I wouldn't expect a, a pronounced difference. Um, you know, most of the most of the difference will come between packaging date and probably two months. After that, it'll probably um, 
probably yeah, be about the same. Um, yeah, guys, if you've got any other questions, then just jump in. Um, we are, what else? Oh, I went to see the British, a company called the British Honey Company this week. And they're a really cool company. They um, basically buy loads of honey from around the UK um, and they package it uh, into jars and self public, but they also make booze out of it, which is really exciting. Spirits primarily. So um, they have a couple of different brands, but their main brand is this Keepers brand, which is, I haven't actually tried this yet, so I'm excited to try it. It's a gin that is made with um, some locally sourced botanicals and then blended with honey after it's been distilled. Um, so it's going to be, well, I'll, I'll try it in a second. It's a very, it's going to be quite a sweet, a much sweeter, much more um, delicate, I guess, flavour than maybe, maybe any other gins. I'll give it a try and I'll tell you. Anyway, what was really exciting about going to see these guys is their, I guess, the sustainability of their story. Um, the way that they can trace all of the the honey that's in the bottles back through to exactly which hive it's come from. And they've spent a lot of time and effort doing that. That's really cool. Um, just the idea of you know having that concrete link with the terroir and the land is, um, yeah, it's just really cool. So yeah, oh yeah, it's gin, not me. So I just need to make sure it's a, a normal measure and not not a massive measure. Uh, so this has got this beautiful honey coloring. Um, yeah, and it's like lovely, lovely packaging labeling. Anyway, it's been a while since I've had meat gin. I have to warm myself up to it. Just takes me back to uni. I don't know what your uni drinks were, but uh, gin, 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 in and in was definitely um, definitely a feature of my uni days. This is obviously much better gin than that. Oh yeah, that's absolutely delicious. I can really see why it's a hit. So obviously you've got all the gin flavors from the base spirit they produce, but then the honeyness, the honeyness, cool. Gin's gone to my head. Uh, the honey flavors really kind of um, shine through and the sweetness just rounds out some of the alcohol. So you really don't notice it's there. Um, I mean, obviously it's still, 40%, but you don't notice that, uh, that it is 40%. Oh, that's really delicious. You can imagine that with some soda water, a little bit of, um, maybe some lemon or some cucumber just to bring it out. Absolutely delicious. Um, oh, that's really cool. Anyway, so they're based out of an Oxfordshire, so check them out if, if you want to try some honey spirits, it's pretty cool. Actually, that was one of the things that, that you know, where we were trying to get going again this year was distilling some of our mead. So I think it was probably, oh, I can't remember time, two years ago, this year feels like it's forever. About two years ago, we distilled some of our base mead into a spirit and we did that up with East London Lift Company. And that was fucking amazing, right? It was so cool to have all that honey character come through into the spirits. I'm not really a distiller. Sorry, I'm not a distiller. Um, and to get that character coming through was really amazing. They did a really, um, they only took the sort of the core hearts of the product. So I think they made, their cuts were a lot larger than normal. So in, the yield wasn't that high, but what we did get out right at the middle of the distillation was this amazing honey spirit. And that was, that was really cool. So yeah, hopefully we can get that product sort of running again next year, get someone to distill some of the need and, and make a new kind of spirit which would be really cool. Uh, as always, that's one of the exciting things about me, is there's just so many different things we can do here. Um, 
yeah, the world is your lobster, as they say. Um, guys, if you've got any questions or any thoughts or comments, do jump get involved. Hi, Rupert. Nice to see you. I can see everyone sort of popping in and out. It's always good. Um, otherwise, I'll continue talking about our vintage. So, yeah, so we put on our vintage this week, which um, we call it our vintage. We use the same, we use honey from the same hives each year. And so that means that we've done this, we started in 2018, so this is the third year we've done it. And we've been using the same hives up in Waterstone Marshes. And what's really cool about that is you get a sense of the terroir of the land. And so it um, just is an expression of all the land and all the, all the things that bees have been eating that year. And it's really cool to be able to compare it year on year and see what differences there are and what the bees have been eating and how that's affected the flavour of the honey and the flavour of the meat. Uh, and that's, that's really cool. I think, as I mentioned before, we're trying to really drive home that, that sense of terroir, the honey messaging. And um, actually for Christmas, what we've done is we're gonna put in some little samples of all the um, meat, sorry, all the honey, cool. That gin has gone to my head. Anyway, we're gonna put in little samples of all the honey that each of the special batch meads have been made out of. So the idea is that you can sit there and you can taste the mead and you can taste some of the honey that it's come from. And that's a really cool way of being able to say, oh, look, I can really imagine how this honey has turned into this beautiful liquid. Um, so hopefully you guys will enjoy that. Um, oh, sorry, someone's just requested to join our video. Probably not today. Drop me an email if you do want to be involved next time, though. Or we will, um, yeah, we're always, always up some guests, virtually or in person. Um, probably not in person at the moment. We're under lockdown, so among them. But uh, yeah, maybe next time. Um, so yes, yeah, so the vintage is a really cool project, and all the small batch meads are really cool. Um, what else? Uh, I was going to try some of the vintage. Here we go. Let me see if I can. I can still work this. I'm, I'm attached, so I'm just going to try not to. There we go. Cool. So this is the vintage we put on this week. This week or was it last week? Oh, what is time anymore? You just kind of, anyway, so you can see it's got, you can see all the honey in suspension there. Um, it's got a lot of, um, it's quite a raw honey, is what I'm trying to say. There's quite a lot of flavors. There's quite a lot of other bits and bobs in, in, the, in the honey. So it's of the wax, bits of the hive, some of the um, pollen, etc., which all lends itself to a much richer structure than um, maybe some of the more processed honeys we use, some of the lower alcohol needs. And this is where we can kind of let that honey tell its own story, as opposed to having to need it, kind of get it where we want. It's a bit like woodworking, right? You want to follow the line of the wood, as opposed to trying to force it. Oh, that is so good. So it's still super sweet, it must be about, Six or seven percent at the moment, so it's going to go to about twelve or thirteen percent. But it's so cool. So you get the it's kind of green flavour, mid fermentation. So it's really green notes, which is really exciting. And then at the end, it is still really sweet. So it's kind of like go-go juice. It's really um, it's really good with those beautiful honey notes. The honey itself was quite dense, has a lot of hedgerow flavours in, and you can kind of see some of the blackcurrant notes coming through. I'll just have another taste because sweetness is a little bit confusing on the old taste buds. 
Oh, no, that's really cool. Um, I'm really excited for this one to come out. So this will be our third vintage. So it means that we can do a three pack for Christmas and you can sit there and do a vertical tasting of me. World's first vertical tasting of me. I feel like quite a lot of the claims we make around world's first. Always make the claim and then wait for someone to write to us and say it's not actually a world's first. Um, but no, I'm really excited to get that vintage off this year. Compare it to 2019 and 2018. Um, yeah, so lots of things going on. Very excited for Christmas. Bit weird at the moment, so I think we're going to be mainly online, doing lots of tasting. So, guys, if you want a corporate, if you've got a corporate tasting, or if you want us to do tasting for your friends or your family, then do just drop us an email. Uh, we're doing groups of uh, group tastings online via Zoom, mm-hmm. so we'll send out all the bits, and then you can just taste your way through it. Um, yeah. Otherwise, guys, I think I might draw it to a close there. Um, yes. Yeah. It's been a long week with lots of stuff going on. I'm so excited to get back at it next week. Um, guys, thanks a lot for your time. If you have any questions in the meantime, drop us an email to podcast.cosmos.co.uk or send us a Facebook or Instagram message and we'll aim to answer it. In the meantime, make sure you stock up on me for some weekends. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed that. So hit the subscribe and like button and follow us on all our social media and we'll see you again next week. If you've got any questions or thoughts or just want to chat about mead and honey, then drop us an email to podcast at goslands.co.uk. Or better still, jump on our Instagram live at fives. Ask us uh, any questions that you have and watch us scramble to try to find the answer and uh, look like we know what we're talking about. Or if you want to see what I look like, you can head on over to the website at www.goslands.co.uk.